0: Welcome to the new media show. We're back doing the new media show again. People are actually going to listen to this jump. We do it live. We're live right now. We just do it live. We're going live. We're going live. We just can't get enough. The new media show. Let's go. Just do it live. We're going live. We're go it live. Bada bing, bada boom. The new media show. if We do it live. Just do it live. Law. 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 The New Media Show. I'm like Adam Curry and you're more like John C. Favorek. I think I am Adam Curry and you're the old promudging. We do it live we'll on the New Media Show again. The New Media Show. Technology. Ooh. We make it sound so special. Yes, we do. And we try and do that every week here on the New Media Show. And this is a little bit of a unique episode because I am here solo without my um, partner in crime, Todd Cochran, who is... Um, dismantling his studio in Columbus, Ohio or his office might be a better way of saying it, but I think he also had a studio down there too, but he's a little occupied today. So I'm doing the show live, doing it on my own and uh, been wanting to do that for a while. I think I've done it maybe once, like maybe five or six years ago I did it once, but uh, who knows we'll, we'll do it more now because I'm working with Streamyard now and I can actually do this on the Streamyard platform. So, uh, and get it out to all my channels, my personal channels and then out to all of Todd's too. So we're we're tapping into I don't know, I think there's probably at least 8 or 10 different uh platforms that we're streaming live to and different uh um, uh YouTube channels and things like that. So this is kind of a interesting kind of way of doing this and it's really a sign of the times. So thank you for joining me on the New Media show and I've got a fantastic guest here that I don't believe She's ever been on the show before, but she certainly should have been a long time ago. Um, so I've got uh, Lisa Laporte here with me, and uh, she's been around this medium, you know, probably as long as I have. I would imagine. I'm not sure when you got into into podcasting and live and on-demand uh, a video, Lisa, but uh, welcome to the show.
1: Thank you, Rob. And I was thinking, wait, you're not doing this alone. I'm here. (laughs) So thank you for having me on. No, I mean, you're flying solo as a host. I love it. So thank you for having me on. And you're right. I've known you for 15 years, I believe, is when we first met. And I've been in the podcasting business now for 18 of the 20 years that it's been around. Or I should say, Twitter's been in the business for 18 of the 20 years right. it's been around. I've been here for 15, 16 years. Right. So close enough. Um, yep. Yeah. And it has really changed from, I remember when we were audio only and then we were starting to add video and nobody knew what a podcast was until I think Serial came out. So now everybody yeah. knows what a podcast is <laughs> and people tend to call them pods once in a while, which I am okay with. And it's totally grown over the 20 years. And I believe it's going to continue to grow. So it'll
0: yeah. be fun. Yeah, I believe so too. And, you know, we've certainly seen a lot of um, fluctuations over the years in this medium, you know, in the early days of this medium, um, back when you guys were getting started, video was a huge part back then too. So I think a lot of people have this perspective that, um, you know, kind of YouTube and the phenomenon of, of YouTube now is kind of a, you know, a recent hot thing. But uh, actually in in some ways, it's kind of, as far as I'm concerned, it's a return to kind of the earlier heydays of podcasting, which was a lot of a lot of video. So,
1: yeah, so yeah, I I believe so. But, you know, we were doing video, I believe, before YouTube even started. Like, who, yeah, what was you the were, YouTube? So yeah. it's interesting now when I talk to people and they're like, do you simulcast? And I'm like. Well, like that's a new term. Yeah. We've been simulcasting for years. So I'm a little like you being in this industry for so long that that's not new to us. And when people go, oh, so you're on YouTube. When I say we have video, no, YouTube's like 2% of what we do. We have a show that has a 50% video download and, and 2% of it's on YouTube. You know, So we've been anywhere and everywhere you could consume podcasts. For 18 years. So our videos are everywhere as well. And I just, I do love the fact you're right. I believe people are revisiting it. It's like YouTube is now exploding in a different way. But, you know, we have TikTok now. There's so many ways to reach people that's beyond podcasting. I just think it's going to continue to grow and magic for different people. I mean, I was just at VidCon and I was on a panel because they've added an industry track to VidCon. Mm -hmm. And we were talking about the rise of the B2B creator. I mean, if you take a look at what's going on right now, I think in the next four to five years, and people are proving this, that you're going to have more and more and more creators that are independent contractors that don't want to be hired by our company that are going to be entering into this new media space, whether it all be podcasting. I don't know. I mean, you're going to see more TikToks, more short yeah. format shows. I mean, look at, you know, you got every platform is adding short content and different things. So I think um with the birth of AI too, I think this is going to just continue to explode. And I think it's going to fragment even more. I feel mm-hmm. like I don't I don't think we're over in seeing change. And I feel like the change is accelerating. I don't know if you feel that way, but I feel like it's really accelerating, especially after COVID.
0: Yeah. And I think this whole convergence of what's happening and it's really putting a lot of pressure on content creators to like be all things everywhere. You know, you got the short content, you got the the vertical videos, and you've got the the live and you've got the on-demand and you got the, the video podcasting and YouTube and and uh and what's going on with Spotify and things like that. And it's really creating a, a complicated kind of distribution uh, market for podcasting too. And I wanted to be, before we jump too far into this, I wanted to make sure that everybody understood um, you know, what's going on with, with Twit and what you guys have been doing there. If, if some of the audience that's listening to this isn't familiar with Twit, I wanted to basically share um, that and uh, let me, uh, yeah, okay, I pulled it up nice. on the screen. So so you can actually see this, but uh this is this is a network that uh uh Alisa and Leo Laporte have built over over many years and has a whole video production studio and and have been doing this converged strategy for many many years and I thought it would be just a terrific example of how this is this is converging and for many years Leo who was doing uh in nationally syndicated radio show too. So it was really kind of a blended thing, you know, and a lot like what I did in the early days of the medium too. I had a radio show too. Um, But this whole um, thought that Leo had, and and once you talk about this a little bit about, he didn't necessarily like the word podcast, but he was promoting (laughs) this, this name netcast. And I think it's a good example, I guess, of the, of the kind of conflict that's existed in the podcasting space around uh, people's perception of the word podcast and what it means. And, um, and the, the honest truth is is that the early days of podcasting, not very many of the content creators. And I don't know if you got in the middle of this, but we're not real happy with the name podcast because they (laughs) were worried. They were worried that it was going to be a name that was associated with uh, likely a, a dead listening platform, which was basically the iPod. So, and I don't know nobody could really come up with a better name. That was the that was the big issue. But what's your thought on that? And then, uh, why don't you talk to us a little bit about Twit and what <laughs> Twit has meant over the years to the medium?
1: Well, that's interesting you say that because Leo also did not like the term podcast. And we called our shows netcasts for years. Right. And I believe it took me about 10 years of working on him to embrace the fact that podcasts are here. The name's staying. Uh, nobody knows what a netcast is. So I talked him into moving us to the name podcast. And then two or three years later, everyone's like, why do you call yourself a podcast? You do so much more than podcasting. And a part of me just laughs about it now because no one's come up with a different term where, you know, we have online content, we stream it audio video. <laughs> so, so, so to me, until they come up with a better name, I believe calling us a podcast network is the correct thing to say. So we are a technology podcast network. We've been around Mm -hmm. since 2005. So 18 of the 20 years podcasting has been around. Of course, we started with audio and we originally started to being fan supported. Well, we quickly learned just being fan supported did not allow us to grow. So Leo started adding, you know, um, advertising to our shows. And, you know, we're still unique in that. So one thing I haven't given up on yet, and I would like to try to hang on to it, is that we still offer host-read ads in the content of our shows. And our ad model is two ads per advertiser in an episode. And so I'll dive into more of that later. But that has been our philosophy from day one, and and we picked that model after a lot of testing, a lot of paid testing, mm-hmm. because we found that the unaided recall was sixty five to eighty percent greater having yeah. three advertisers on an episode versus six, but with two ads for each advertiser. And what that means by unaided is we could ask people who listen to our podcast. If they could recall advertisers' names, they could recall most of them. They could recall most of what mm-hmm. they did when you had two ads versus one right. on a, on a show episode. So that's the the model that we embraced. So we decided to start adding video to all of our shows that were mm-hmm. all audio only at first, and that we quickly realized because you have to go back. 12, 13 years when we did this, it was expensive to do. You now required video editors. You have to have lower thirds. You have to have billboards. There's so much more that goes with the content. You have to have lights. You have to have infrastructure. Back then, there was really not an easy way to do podcasting. But for us, we've kept the content focused on what our audience wants to hear about in tech. So we brought on tech experts. For us, it's really bringing the quality an analysis of what's happening in technology to our audience and and helping them decipher and to navigate through tech and what's going on with it. So that's really been our mission statement for the entire time we've been doing podcasts. The focus is always on what the audience wants to hear. That's how we treat with our advertisers. We don't we don't sign just anybody. If we're going to bring an advertiser on our network, they have to have products and services that will benefit the Twitter Audience. If they don't, we won't sign them. They have to have high integrity products and services. If they don't, we don't sign them. So one thing we've been really careful about is not overwhelming our audience with a zillion ads and continuing to try to bring our audience shows that they want to know about and and content that they want to hear about. So we've added shows. We've, you know, I recently, even this year, you know, Canceled a couple of shows because we have to stay up with the current times. And if people aren't downloading our content and they're not supporting our sponsors, and you know, downloads dwindle, mm-hmm. you have to pivot either pivot the show's content, see what you can do. And we've done that with a lot of our shows over the years. Mm-hmm. And I think podcasting is still changing. So today, oh, yeah. We have ad-supported shows. We also have a club. And we're finding that we're having to fluctuate a little bit with the size of our shows. Some people like hour-and-a-half-long shows. Right. Some people don't. No. Some people are too busy. So we're starting to add a few different things. And we're testing out a few new shows in our club. That's where we tend to start with them now. And it has changed dramatically over the years. So I could dive into, you know, all elements of it, but I'd rather uh, I'll stop here and take a breath and see where you want to go with it. Yeah, Because I've been, you know, I've been in this industry for almost its entire life. So I've seen so much and I think there's so much more that's going to continue to happen.
0: Yeah. And and from an advertiser, kind of step back a little bit further from the advertiser perspective, I know that you guys have had this format where you tease your advertisers right at the beginning of your shows. So you show their correct. logo, especially on the video side, and then mm-hmm. then those host reads are embedded in the content uh, That's further correct. in. So, have you guys? Um, I know you guys have been playing around on the audio side with the programmatic stuff, but yes. so are you? Yeah. So, how are you balancing the programmatic with that format of the host reads? Um, because you know the, the audio is going out. Obviously, there's no visual element to to those sponsors going correct. out. Is that? I mean, yeah. So how do you guys kind of balance that with the advertiser?
1: Well, the way I've, I've actually played with it, we first started with a little bit of dynamic ad insertion with Megaphone. Mm-hmm. Uh For the most part, we were leveraging it and using it for podcast trades. So one right. thing I found to be the, mo- actually not one thing I found, but the most successful way to find other listeners that are interested in podcasts are through podcasts. I I try not to laugh. I had a marketing director who insisted we buy banners everywhere else. We do some TV commercials. We do paid newsletters. And I went, why are we not advertising another podcast? Because to me, that's what our fans say every year when we do a survey. So, So we were mostly leveraging the platform with Megaphone for dynamic ad insertion because we had to pay a high cost CDN fee, which I didn't want to pay an extra fee, but oh, well, you had to pay it. So for the most part, we used it for trades and allowed them to sell some residual dynamic ad insertion. So full transparency to our audience on that. We do not hide anything. We're very clear with our audience when we're doing things. So we always write about it. We share it. So we were with them for a couple of years. And just recently, I signed an exclusive deal to do our dynamic ad insertion with Lipson using Mm -hmm. AdvertiseCast, their partnership that they... They had bought, Um, you know, I spent some time looking around at all the different people we could have partnered with. Mm -hmm. And I just like their philosophy. I like who they are. They understand podcasting is a long game. So when we partnered with them and they literally just started on July 1st, The way it works is, you know, we, we're clear with our audience that, hey, we're using this. It's only on our unsold audio inventory. So we upload our audio through Libsyn now. So that's where our feeds are pointed for our audio release. Our video release is still on our CDN, which is yeah. with CashFly. And then we put in markers and they're able to insert dynamic ad insertion into that, into the audio shows that don't have ad reads. We're not we're- giving them a billboard. They're only getting an interstitial yeah. ad read. And so, I'm okay with it. I mean, we went in and picked out the categories that they cannot advertise. No politics, no religion. I mean, we're pretty strict on that. And right. then also where we have exclusivity with other partners. So mm-hmm. we're allowing them to do the back end. They put in a couple of, you know, um, dynamic ad insertion ads. And we're keeping our eye on it because, you know, depending on where you're at, they can geo-target. They do way more with their dynamic ad insertion than we do, including mm-hmm. they're in 20 countries. So they're able to do right. ads in other countries. So yeah. that- Works for me on that end. Um, and we're very clear with our audience that we're, we're adding this. It's, it's to help supplement the income because, mm-hmm. you know, advertising's been down for the first six months of this year. I got to be yeah. honest with you. Second half is like selling out very fast. I'm very happy about it. Well, but it's a really great way to supplement your mm-hmm. income is to have a dynamic ad insertion partner, but make sure it's somebody you trust and make sure it's, you know, you go through the categories and you're really careful. Yes.
0: With it. So how are you balancing the, the, the ad load, excuse me, in the audio side? Um, The thing about programmatic is is that it enables you to, to, to run a lot of ads. If you, if you want to, the the question back is, should you run a lot of ads? Right. No, no,
1: no. I would not run a lot of ads. So like our biggest show twit is two and a half hours long. We -hmm. allow four advertisers on that show. So if it's not sold out, and we put in an audio marker for dynamic ad insertion. Oh. We'll only put it in the one ad spot that's not sold out. So we're not it, we're not putting in a ton of programmatic ads. The only other thing that they've re- they've requested mm-hmm. from us, and we're fine with it, is they get two post roll ads at the end. So in the content of our shows is all we're going to put the audio ad. Um, that's dynamically inserted and only if it's not sold out. So we're not going to overwhelm our audience by sticking okay. in 50 programmatic ads into any episodes. So if Twit is not sold out and it has three advertisers, there may be one more advert- advertiser inserted by AdvertiseCast cast right. in the content of the show. There will be two post rolls. So we, I, you know, I had my own agency for five or six years and I worked with people that did that. That used mm-hmm. to be like, oh, I do three Ooh. ads in an hour and a half show. They started adding 20. And I'm just like, no. First yeah. of all, no one's going to listen to it. It doesn't work. So so yes, um, when it comes to doing dynamic ad insertion, you're not going to get a zillion ads in the content of our show. Only if an ad was not sold on the host red side, there'll be a marker for a potential ad if they have one to sell for us. So does that so, mean
0: that, that you guys are working on the programmatic side or is it just the dynamic ad insertion? So it's a pre-recorded.
1: Yeah. Pre- the so when it comes to the dynamic ad insertion, they're not mm-hmm. done by us. They're going to be sold and produced or read by Adver- AdvertiseCast. Advertise so okay. we're not, so th- that's another marker that we've told our fans. If you mm-hmm. don't hear our host delivering the ad read, then you know it was inserted by AdvertiseCast. cast. But Got it. we have vetted the categories. And I gotta tell you, if I hear, if I see something or hear something I'm not crazy about, we'll let them know. But for the most part, their integrity and They only want to sign like high quality clients too. So we're in alignment with how we both pitch and sell to people. So that's Mm -hmm. really important for me too. I just don't want to have random ads inserted into the content of our shows for sponsors I wouldn't use. So we're really careful about who they're partnering with too.
0: So we got a, a comment question per se, is your show's, video feed available on Spotify. Well, for one thing there there are no feeds in into Spotify right now um, but you can upload directly to Spotify. It's says th- this person uh, wrote uh, Sam wrote uh, they hit a hundred thousand shows with video yesterday, but unless you're using your hosting platform uh, Spotify for podcasters you have to apply to have your video feed added. So, have you right. guys looked at um, making your shows available, uh, your video shows available on Spotify?
1: I believe we're working on that now. Uh, we were a launch partner with Spotify on their audio side when they launched, and um, if we are not getting our video feeds up there because we do, they cache their own data. We know how that works. We've been, like I said, the audio's been with them since start. Mm-hmm. I believe we're working on getting our video feeds. Also, up, updated to them if they if we can allow it. So, my uh, web engineer who's on vacation this week—that poor gentleman—I've hit him with so many things that I know that this is on his list. I haven't had an update on it in a while, so I'm not sure if it's been done or we're still mm-hmm. looking at how to make it happen.
0: So, how do you feel about the the medium shifting like this to um, like uh, uh, YouTube, kind of creating an area in their platform called? Podcasts, And then seeing Spotify move this direction, do you see any kind of a, uh, conflict with the, the openness of podcasting that this is, this is happening and, or do you see it as an opportunity going forward?
1: I I see anything as an opportunity moving forward. I try not to, I try not to be closed minded because my attitude is you can't be in this industry. So you really have to be open-minded when Spotify started doing all these exclusives exclusives and you can only consume it on Spotify. I thought that was a bad move because my attitude is you want to get your podcasts out to anyone and everyone that can Can download you. So I want to be on every platform I can be on for free, you know, and, and say, Hey, you can find us here. You can listen to us here because to me, I feel that that's the best way to go. So we've been on YouTube forever. I think it's really cool. They're adding up, you know, podcasting platform, Spotify. I think their biggest mistake was putting things behind a paywall and saying you can only get it here, I think they should be smart and always be opening up to, you know, everywhere. I mean, here at Twit, we've added a club so you can get ad free content. You can get a couple of shows that mm-hmm. are only for clubbers. So you do have to pay for it. But for the most part, we don't want to take anything away from our ad supported side. So we want to be anywhere and everywhere that you can download a podcast for free with our ads in it. So,
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, you know, it'll be interesting to see what happens, but i Here's the thing. If nobody tries, if you're not trying something, you're not going to succeed. I mean, you may fail a right. bunch, but the only way to move forward to me and especially on this medium being so young is you've got to try things. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens with, with all of these new tests that they're willing to do. Cause you know, Google, they'll kill it fast if they don't like it. I mean, <laughs> yeah, you well,
0: know. That, yeah. I popped up a, a, a kind of a screen share of the, of the YouTube music platform. So th- this is how they currently display this show um, yeah. uh, on that platform. It, it really doesn't have any YouTube branding on it, which I thought was really oh, that's interesting.
1: Cool, I love uh, this.
0: It's just a black, uh black screen. But what's interesting is that this is, this is the YouTube music area. So so if you go to music.youtube.com, if you're in the U.S., I do believe that um, over the last week or so that it's been, released out to Canada and a few other countries, I believe, cause it's been kind of primarily us only, but um, given that this is YouTube music, but what, what is playable here is our video. That's so, great. So when we, so it's really pulling from um, the YouTube side. So when we do a live show, it actually gets published as a, you know, a replay show on on YouTube. And then we've identified it as a podcast. So, so this, this actually plays video. It doesn't play audio. So that's the big distinction that's going on with the, with the, the, the YouTube kind of podcasting experiences is that it's, it's not really currently, it may change. It's not really currently geared towards audio only, uh, which is usually associated with music, right? Correct. So, so, but that's not to say that that's going to remain that way. I don't, I think. They got to change the
1: title of this. If you're going to, you know, I know this just came out. So we were starting to, we were going to look at it too, but I, I think it's got to be music and podcasts or music and, um, streaming videos or something. Cause I think it's more than podcasts at this point, right?
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, it actually has music in here too. So it's yeah. playing, uh, it's playing audio in the platform it's just that it's it's uh when it displays podcasts their their video so yeah, that's which kinda, odd. yeah which leads you to to believe that um this this video access is just a temporary or not temporary but it's just like the easiest thing that they could have done at the beginning versus adding the audio which i had the perception that they're going to add the audio so at some point these pages will probably offer video and audio would be my my, my guess. And I'm not, that would
1: make sense. Right you know, I mean, Yeah. Yeah.
0: So that's, that, that's an example of kind of, I think YouTube is making progress in this direction. And if you contrast that to what Spotify is doing, um, based on that comment that that we got, that, um, they're actually allowing us to publish video up there, but, um, it's through their tools, just like with YouTube. Um, Correct
1: we always have but, to publish to spotify and youtube differently. But um, the
0: audio is going to already be there. So that's the that's the thing. That's the it, difference.
1: It'll be interesting cuz yeah, we publish our videos up to youtube now. So it'll be interesting to see how this podcasting platform goes. I haven't spent too much time on it yet, but um we'll it's like I said my poor web engineer keeps going quit adding things to my list. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but
0: but this, well because this, it is getting more complicated right I mean well
1: it is getting more yeah. complicated that's the right. one thing I and and I feel like it's accelerating I because yeah. I think text just accelerating so it's I I think this is going to be a continuous issue just like somebody asked me the other day hey are you on threads yet are you on blue sky yet and I'm just like how many social media platforms can I be on <laughs> right.
0: all of them I guess you know uh, I mean for a brand, really using, I am. <laughs> I'm not really using threads that much. Um, yeah, I,
1: I'm not either. I mean, I just set it up. It splits and, my
0: time, is what it does. And that's not always helpful.
1: Yeah. And I found with threads, my issue with threads is that my Instagram account is really my personal account. Occasionally I post some some stuff for business and threads is more like Twitter for me and Twitter's my business. It's Mm interesting. I've been in this industry for too long, like LinkedIn and Twitter's business, (sighs) Instagram and Facebook is mostly personal. I sometimes post some things there. So when I went to look at threads, I'm like, I'd love to leverage this for business, but I don't want it attached to my personal account. And they don't want to let you, Do that, right? Do that. So, my attitude is, well, then forget it. I'm just, it's, but we're on it for our business. You, you know, we have to be anywhere and everywhere, but you're right. It's getting more complicated. So, imagine if you're a solo podcaster and you're trying to break into
0: everything, right?
1: It's, it's, it's almost impossible. And, uh, you know, what I would tell people wanting to go out into a podcast is, you know, I have, I have my own little podcast that I do for me. So I do a podcast called host red ads because I've been in the ad sales business and podcasting in the trenches forever. Forever. (laughs) And and there's so many times I'm saying the same exact thing to so many people that I started doing a podcast about it, which has been great. Cause when someone's like, I don't understand why I need those four tools. I can send them a three minute podcast and go, here's the reasons why. And it's got the written information on it. So so, as much as I would say it's better to own all your own content and mm-hmm. to go back to the old days and record your own thing and then publish it in every which way you possibly can, I don't know if that's doable anymore. You know, yeah. um, you know, maybe that works, but I do that on Anchor, which was, you know, bought by <sighs> Spotify, and now I'm part of that little thing. So I right. have my own little podcast there, but when it comes to our network, we own everything we do. We publish to every place known to man. And to do that requires a team and a lot of people to, to have it happen. Now you can record cheaper. I think you can do video a lot cheaper today. Um, but still for distribution and for editing and everything you need to do with a podcast, you know, you need help or you should pick one platform to be on. It would be my recommendation. It depends on what you're doing it for. Like for me, I'm just doing it to have some explainers for my sales Mm -hmm. team to use. (laughs) Because <laughs> yeah. they're just like, can you record this one so we can send it to our 80 partners who don't remember anything we told them? And that's okay. Podcasting, is it's only been around 20 years. It's not the same as advertising on TV, on radio, where you know everyone heard it right away. You mm-hmm. know, we'll drop an ad on Tuesday's MacBreak Weekly, and if you don't educate a client on Thursday, they're like, where's all my signups? It's not the way <laughs> it works in the podcasting industry. Right. But not everybody knows that. Yeah, that's
0: true. And then, you know, like with this show is a good example. David wrote, uh, great to see you and the new media show on LinkedIn, which um, uh, this show wasn't made available on LinkedIn until I started doing it through through StreamYard. Um, So it's just a matter of of uh, trying to get in as many places as you can these days, because there th- there is a lot of competition out there now. And, Correct. Know, let, let's talk about that a little bit too. About, oh
1: yeah, and I will uh, tell you, LinkedIn yeah. has really exploded over the last few years. It's where it's it's honestly now my go to business social <laughs> app to see what's going on in the world. That's where I go first. It, it's not Twitter. So LinkedIn has really taken over on that end. The one thing I don't like about LinkedIn is is I tend to ignore the mail. As you know, it was by chance. I caught your email yesterday in LinkedIn. I even say on my profile, email me at Twit.tv because I'm on so many social media platforms. Yeah,
0: you can't keep up with them all. You
1: can't keep up with them all. But LinkedIn is a really great place to be because you're going to hit professionals. You're going to know who they are. Nobody's in there under a fake name. So yeah, I really think LinkedIn um, has really become a very marketable place to be. It's juicy. You got really a lot of great people on there. So everyone should be on LinkedIn in my attitude. But that may change in three or four years.
0: Yeah. I mean, I'm with, uh, David here. I, uh, thank you for coming on. I mean, I love your oh. energy and I love your, your knowledge and your background experience. It's, it's kind of, it's very refreshing in some ways because it's, it, it really you have a very open perspective on this medium and you're open to whatever comes because you've basically seen whatever's come in the past. So
1: <laughs> well, and you know I own the company too so no one can fire right. me. Right. <laughs> right. Well, so if you don't like what I'm helps. saying, well you know it's funny I listened you know I've I've been friends with you and Todd for years and I love how Todd is blunt. I'm pretty blunt. Yeah. Um he will call it how he sees it and everyone oh, yeah. expects that from him and I'm starting to be a little bit more like that now that you know I've been around, you know, like someone called me um a legend the other day in this industry. And I go, that just means I'm really old and I've been around the thing for a long time. So
0: <laughs> OG is the root <laughs> Yes, OG. Oh right. Like, is that a compliment? I'm not quite sure. I, I don't know if it's an <laughs> insult or a
1: compliment. But but either way, I I feel like I've acquired a lot of wisdom. I still feel like I the older I get to, I realize I don't know everything. The older I get, the more I realize how little I know about everything. And I might be an expert in this little sliver over here, or I might even have some great ideas, but the 25-year-old on my team may walk in my office and say, why aren't we doing this? And you know what? That might be the best idea we've done all year. So all always right. keep an open mind, but you're right. I do have a lot of wisdom in this industry. I have some ideas of what's going to happen next, but who really knows? And yeah, I'm happy to share anything I can with you.
0: Well, so so as you think about uh, twit tv uh l- looking forward uh is there anything you can share with us about kind of new ways that you're looking at this converged medium going forward on oh, your yeah kind of bigger bigger strategies and and how you know, how many shows does the network have right now and and do you see that expanding or contracting or I mean is it just based on the economy or or sponsor support that kind of stuff
1: it's it's kind of based on like everything. I wish I could say it was one little thing, but it's not. I mean, the reality is to give you a little context before I dive into where we're going is that, you know, when the pandemic hit, I lost 60% of my advertisers in two weeks. And I realized immediately we are too one-dimensional. So one thing I did was really strategize and I started a club. We partnered with Memberful because I checked out a bunch of clubs and memberful had all the tools and everything that I wanted. And, um, and then I said, you know, everyone I looked out was doing $5 a show or $50 a year to have a club. And I just said, you know what? I don't want to do that. I'm going to say seven bucks a month, 84 bucks for the year. If you want to buy an annual membership and we have a corporate discount and we do have mm-hmm. some corporate clients and we have a family thing now. Cause somebody said my wife wants to be in there, et cetera. But I just said, you know what? I, I don't want to play games with people and I want to convert 10% of my audience. So we charge seven bucks a month for our club. Um, so you get all of our ad supported shows for free. And right now we have 11 and I'll go mm-hmm. into details. We had 13 mm-hmm. at the beginning of the year, but we, we cut back to 11. So we have 11 ad supported shows that are ad free in our club as of today. And then we also have shows in our club that are only in the club. So we have home theater geeks in the club. It's a short format show with Scott Wilkinson, which used to be a show that we did on our network for an hour and a half, but the audience dwindled and we didn't have sponsors to support it. So we brought it back in the club and we're thrilled to bring it back. Our fans really missed it. And that's one of our club exclusive shows. We also have, um, you know, hands on windows and hands on Mac in the club. It's also another short format content that our fans really love and want to get. And Paul Thoret is on Windows Weekly. Paul doesn't want to do ad reads. So it's perfect. He's doing tips right. and tricks on everything you need to know about Windows that just rolled out and then he's going to keep adding on to what he's doing there. So it's a really great way for, you know, Windows people to know how to navigate, you know, that sphere. We also have the Untitled Linux show, which is really fun um, that we just started doing, you know, it was not going to be a weekly show and then it birthed and became a show. So that's in the club. So in the club, we also have fun. We, we hung out on Friday night Aunt made ribs and believe it or not, people hung out with us while we we're eating ribs and just gassing. So, so, so to now get to where we're at today, uh, the reason why to cancel a couple of shows is, you know, partially economics, but partially because we lost our audience. Think about it. In the pandemic, uh, Disney Plus exploded. Apple Plus mm-hmm. exploded. Um, there was Paramount a lot of competition. Right? How many pluses jumped out? And then <sighs> now today, if you take a look around, people are laying off. People are canceling shows. Spotify's opening their closed stuff to the public going, oh, this was a bad idea. Um, so, So, yeah. So I think we've had some softness this year you know, in our downloads. And so for us, you know, it's like, okay, are we going to keep doing a show that lost 50% of its downloads in 18 months? Or are we going to pivot that show and do something new? So, so I canceled two shows this year. Unfortunately, one of them had been on our network for 13 years and dear God, we did everything we could to elevate that show, to boost it, Mm -hmm. but it lost 50% of its downloads in 18 months and nobody wanted to sponsor it. Uh, so I didn't know what else to do. So of course I canceled it and I've had so much mud thrown at me from fans who hate (sighs) me for canceling it, but it's like you weren't supporting the show. I'm sorry. At some point I've got to, I got to keep the lights on. I got to pay people. So moving forward, this is where I'm blunt and people don't like me. Um, and I've reached the point in my career where, you know, I'm not here to be liked. I'm kind of like the government where Leo's the Royal family. So go applaud him. And you know, you want to throw tomatoes at me, knock yourself out. I still have to run a business. So right. moving forward, we're doing more things in our club. I'd like to keep growing that. I'm not saying it's going to be perfect for you know, revenue. It's no way going to you know, take over paying this team. And we're getting more creative with what we're doing with our sponsors Mm-hmm. And in addition to our host red ads, you can do takeovers. We have a 30 second spot at the top of every show. Like if an automobile manufacturer is rolling out a new car and they want to do a takeover on our network for a month, we have that ability. We have a naming rights sponsor right now. It's ACI learning. I had last pass in 2020, and mm-hmm. we hope we have like five or six sponsors interested in that for next year. So that gets you branding in our studio. It gets you more, you know, gets you, uh, you get all of our ads in our live events, Mm -hmm. you get banners on our website. It's actually a customized package that can be built depending on, you know, a sponsor's needs. And Mm -hmm. as we're testing new content, now that we have our club, we're starting to test shows there. So right now we're working on an AI show in our club and Jason Howell's going to be leading that since it was his show all about Android that we closed out. And he's starting to practice that show in our club. We'll workshop it in the club, then we'll pull it out of the club. And that's what we just did with this week in space because we had started our club. We were able to test that in the club and then we pulled it out when it was ready for prime time. Wow, so sometimes, right. yeah, sometimes we'll keep, keep shows in the club and sometimes we'll pull them out when they get big enough and we feel like we can get advertisers on it. So, yeah, that's awesome. so honestly, we're like everybody else. We're going to play with things, see how, see what sticks and yeah, then- see what
0: works. See what does. I mean, it's the great thing about, podcasting or doing these online shows is that you can test and try different things and things like that. And yeah. It's really and powerful. we're, and we're
1: independent. Yeah. So I don't have to talk to a board of directors to do anything, which I really <laughs> love. I don't think I would do well if I had to, but you know, I mean, my board of directors is Leo Laporte and he is the only one that you know we consult in and as much as you know i launch our shows and really help things get going and really Mm -hmm. you know help things happen i don't dictate the content i don't pick it out but i end up being our executive producer because somebody's got to pull it together and dictate can we do this can we afford it you get the album art ready that kind of thing but for the most part that's where i shine and Mm -hmm. then we find an expert that we feel will work and we workshop it and then we pull it out when we can. So that's just how we've always done things, except for now we have a club.
0: So how are you guys kind of promoting and marketing your shows out out there? I know you've always done the cross promotion thing, which has always been one big advantage of being a network of shows, right? So you could cross promote, but to reach new audiences, what do you guys, I mean, you mentioned earlier about running advertising on other podcasts. Is that the core of the strategy or what kind of other outreach are you guys doing to find find the right audience?
1: We, we're doing a lot of outreach. Um, my COO had left in May, so I've stepped back into that space to see what's mm. been going on. And we have mm-hmm. a marketing manager on our team. So being a small podcast network, I am now heavily in the trenches of marketing because Mm -hmm. I want to make sure I like what's happening. I didn't really like what was happening over the last few years. There's too much focus and emphasis outside of our ecosphere. And I think that was a mistake. So the best traction I've seen has been advertising in other podcasts looking, you know, of course, similar either, you know, it's a, you know, highly affluent, highly intellectual podcasts. I, I want those podcasts and also mm-hmm. other tech podcasts. So one thing I have found to be very successful is we do podcasting trades with other partners gotcha. to where, yeah, I was yeah we'll yeah. be just like, um, Hey, we'll give you 200,000 downloads if you give us 200,000 downloads. So we do mm-hmm. a little trade with other podcast networks. We typically have them record what they want us to share mm-hmm. and we'll record what we want them to share. So it's Leo's voice going out on their um, platform unless they like to do their own rad reads. I've been told by some people that said, no, we'll do the ad read. And we're like, great, that's even better because a trusted host speaking to their audience will always win over somebody just doing an ad read. Because I mean, if you know who Leo Laporte is, it's great, but if you don't, the host of that show doing the ad reads better. So that's a really great way to get your brand and name out there. So we have bought on other podcast networks. We've done trades. We do work with a Google ads expert. That's really helping us, you know, get our name out there when people are interested Mm -hmm. in the tech, you know, um, podcasting space. So we've been working a little bit there. Another right. thing you can do that we've been doing is improving organic SEO on our website. The problem with our website, I mean, the problem with us is we're broadcast media, podcasts mm-hmm. are broadcast. So Google, you know, organic search is written. So we've been working with a company that's helped us, you know, make sure you have specific things on your website, all the stuff along those lines, uh, having our pod. Cast hosts on other networks is huge. You know that's a. you what, What's the best way to get your name out there? Appear on another network that has a huge following. So we also yeah. do that. Um, I'm on this show. I also do.
0: Yeah, a lot but that of takes a lot of a lot of cash, right? A l- lot of money, or are those trade deals? Those trade promotions.
1: The trade deals are the really best, the best way, because right? they take time. And here's the thing. Yeah, it's money because you could have sold that ad somewhere else. But if they have some open inventory and we have open inventory, every podcaster should be out there doing this. I still think, though, you Mm -hmm. know, being on another show, yeah, that takes time, but there's no money, you know, and then we promote it. They promote it things like that. Another thing we found that is really a cool thing is we, we've been doing a few takeovers on twit. So we have uh, the whole rocket cast on twit. We had the whole wheels bearing cast on twit. We have Alex Cantwix coming up with his network mm-hmm. doing a takeover on twit. So mm-hmm. I think, you know, cross promoting by peering on different networks, it's time and sure times money, but you're not mm-hmm. spending anything. So why right. not? Um, so that's, I would say if you have no money, trades, Get your name out there. Go to the podcast movement. Uh, Do whatever you can to get known. And be an expert and really have something to say. Like I would appear on one of our Twitch shows. I'm the wrong person. I'm not an expert in tech. You know, it's not my, it's not what I do. But you want to talk about sales and business? Bring me on.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, if if you can get your hosts on other people's podcasts, is that a, have you found that's a good use of their time?
1: Yes. Okay. Yes. Getting this them on other yes. networks and right. and and then, you know, having other people come on our network. And another thing we do is, you know, anybody that shows up on our network, you know, we send them a cut down of, you know, in a TikTok form if they want it in TikTok or, you know, mm-hmm. if they want a YouTube clip or something, we'll send them anything they want to promote on their social because why not? That's just easy to, you know, to to get the name out there. So we also do a lot of social media promotion also mm-hmm. takes time. All of this oh. will either take time or money. So yeah. if you don't have money, you're going to have to leverage your time. If you don't have right. time I mean, and you, you have, have money, money. you got to spend it. So <laughs> right. so we do a combination of both and yeah. um, you just have to do both. You really have to do both if, if you really want to grow.
0: Yeah. Well, that totally makes sense. So I wanted to kind of jump to a similar topic, but talk about the the Veritonic research that just came out uh, about uh, what people are doing with uh, podcast consumption on YouTube. So let me pull up that uh, that study. So I have a their their PDF file that is available. So you can go to their website. It's uh, Veritonic, uh is the name of the company, and I'm sure that they can give you access to. This, I think, you just have to give, like, your name and your email address, whatever, and they'll they'll give you. You're this right. PDF. You're on
1: it because I saw this today, and I was like, all, all I right. have to do is fill out the email later. When you said you had this, I was like, great.
0: <laughs> right. And so, so really, what what this says that's really really remarkable is that the research is showing that what seventy eight percent of um, podcast listeners who are using the free version of 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 youtube to consume what they see as podcasts so you know and that's kind of the the tension in the industry right now is that just because it looks like a podcast on uh, on youtube is it really a podcast so and in some ways we shouldn't care right i mean and it's obviously listeners are finding shows through youtube so it does make sense that we all need to Be up there if you're a podcaster, but the question gets back to: is a lot of podcasters don't do video, so so well, you know, that's that's the tension.
1: You could you could do what we do if they don't do video. You could just do like an image and just say, "Hey, we're an audio-only podcast." Because here's what I found: even when we launched this week in space, when we took it out of the club, it was an audio-only podcast for the Mm -hmm. first. I think we just added video this year, so for the first year, it was audio only. We still published it on YouTube. Here's why. Our fans are on YouTube and if they're subscribed to a bunch of video feeds that they like and they want to, they want your podcast, they they don't want to go outside of YouTube to grab your content. So if you're an audio only podcast, get your content on YouTube, put an image of you, just make it just, Hey, we're audio only for now. We can't afford video. I mean, I don't care. Make it fun. Make it something, put it on YouTube. It's free to upload it there. And that may be where your fan wants to consume it.
0: Well, so and a lot not? of the, I mean, a lot of the podcast hosts like Lipson and and Spreaker and and Podbean and all of them. I think most of them actually have the API connection mm-hmm. um, that will basically do a social share over to to YouTube. It's usually bundled with the social sharing oh, tools like good. like Twitter and Facebook and stuff like that, where you can set it up to auto transfer to to your YouTube account. Um, well,
1: how do they post it if it's an audio only and they're but, auto-transferring it?
0: Yeah. So, they they basically, um, the hosting platform will generate a still image that will oh, show okay. up. So, it actually takes the audio and converts it into a video file. Oh, it, that's cool. But it's just a static image video file. Yeah. So, so, but it plays the audio as though it's playing, playing a video, but it's...
1: Yeah, but that's why you should be there because... If somebody right. is there and they want to subscribe to your show, and we have fans that are like, I don't care. I want it there, even if it's audio only with a still image, because I don't want to have another podcatcher. So right. I, right. I understand that.
0: So th- that's that's an easy way to do it because then it's automated, right? That's great. It just gets shared automatically, but the more advanced level is to actually create a video version of your show,
1: right? That's so- correct.
0: So, you know, and this, this research that I have up on the screen is almost half of podcasts, consumers in, in the U S are, are report watching their favorite podcasts at least once per week on YouTube. So it's like 47%. That's, right. That's huge. Uh, and you start thinking, you know, in daily 36%, monthly 17% and you just have to back up and you just have to think how many, how many people are using YouTube? So th- these must be significant numbers, Um,
1: Well, I know I've been watching our YouTube growth because we're there more and we're doing their shorts, right? The shorts that they've added. Okay. So we just started doing more shorts and our growth on YouTube has been tremendous over the last couple of years. So I do expect this to continue. I'm not surprised to see that they're really focusing on this because podcasts got hot during the pandemic <laughs> and everyone's yeah. trying to catch up and monetize yeah. on that. So this doesn't surprise me. We've seen a lot of growth on YouTube and it, it's really refreshing to see that more and more people are posting there, whether you want to call it a podcast or a video cast or whatever the term is on YouTube. <laughs> yeah. um, Cause I know that you mentioned that you and Todd have gone back and forth and Leo and I have gone back and forth on that too. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I mean um, it's I mean if you're a purist from the early days of podcasting I I'm a little conflicted by it because you know if I think about the past <laughs> um how strong video was in the past um and then YouTube entered the the space and basically took all the video podcasters right and they, right. everybody they started hosting influencers right? <laughs> right right exactly they became influencers but but the, the, what's interesting is this research is showing 54% of podcast consumers report watching podcasts on youtube because they like to see the hosts
1: yes you know yes so I, that's it,
0: that's the piece that you guys have been playing into for years
1: well correct and what was interesting was that even last year we had video growth pretty mm-hmm. pretty big video growth and i think video right. growth is going to continue because pe- I, I think you know what i like on youtube you can download any format you want so if it's you know if you you don't have a lot of room on your phone you could you could download it. Um, mm-hmm. But the, the rea- you can, you know, pick whatever you want. But the reality is, is people want to look over when they want to look over and see what's going on. And they also want to listen. So I'm not really sure if everybody that's downloading the video version is staring at it. But, you no. know, if something like happens, like we did a club twit event and Leo was hooking su- something up underneath the table and he thought it was funny to stick his feet up. Well, <laughs> you're not going to hear that right. on 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 audio. So, um it's not surprising to see this. I subscribe to a lot of YouTube stuff sometimes so I do just listen. I don't always yeah. have time to watch. Well, but it's nice to have that option because, you know, you well, feel like you know this person, right? Yeah, I
0: mean, one data point that I don't see in here is what's the percentage of consumption of these these video podcasts on mobile, right? What's the percentage breakdown between desktop, television and mobile? I haven't seen any numbers like that lately, but but it does give the listener the option that they, they can click play, right? It's a video, but yeah. then they can slide their phone in their pocket and just listen to it on their ear pods or what, whatever, just like what they do with Spotify. And I do or that too with Apple, right? Yeah,
1: I do that too. So. I'll subscribe to, I subscribe to a bunch of shows on YouTube. And if I'm out on a walk, I'll just start listening Stick it in my no. back pocket. But if something happens, I will pull it out and stop and take a look because I'm right. kind of curious. Right. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah.
0: I mean, it, I mean, it gives you that option. And I think as we get autonomous cars, I think more and more people are going to be watching videos in their cars. I, I very- agree that could be a few years out but but we're probably. already doing
1: that have you haven't you been in the back of a taxi lately
0: <laughs> well you can in the back seat but i'm talking about the driver doing it but, yeah but, i i don't yeah. know
1: that that might scare me i see people doing that now so it might scare me a little bit that'll
0: yeah i think it does happen even now i mean it's especially with the tesla cars because
1: yeah I the full self-driving
0: software does kind of give you the ability to possibly do that. Yeah, I, that I, I wouldn't right trust there. their
1: full self-driving. <laughs> <You> <laughs> Sorry, I had a Tesla. Yet, right? No, it's not ready <laughs> yet. Um, no, that's interesting. No, I love that it's it's showing up on YouTube because, like I said, we had fans when we first launched this week in space, and yeah, pun intended. Um, right. Onto our regular network, is an audio-only ad. Everyone's uh, uh, audio-only podcast. Everyone's like. It's got to be on YouTube. I I got I don't want it somewhere else. So we just did that. So I think it's great that they're doing that. And I think as people get more and more comfortable, maybe they'll start turning on the video camera so people can see them and, and appearing in person, so people can put a you know a face with a voice. I think it's great.
0: Yeah, and then the the other number down here is seventy seven percent report. Um, being more engaged ah. in the podcast w- when they're watching it now, as opposed to just listening. Well,
1: oh, that's is a, interesting.
0: That's an interesting contrast to what you would think, right? Um, the, the audio side is more imagination. So you would think that that would be more engaged.
1: Thing. Yeah, but you know what? I have to well, I have, focus have to I have to tell you. Thing. A lot of people right. my age are mostly audio learners. I'm not. Right. I'm visual manual than audio. And a lot of the younger kids are growing up with video and YouTube and all these visuals in their face, so I think you have more visual learners. So mm-hmm. this this statistic makes sense to me given I think the age range of who's on YouTube um that they're more engaged if they're watching it versus listening to it. I can see that with the younger generation. Uh, I don't know if that's true necessarily, even though that's the way I learned too. I listen to almost everything Mm -hmm. because my energy, as you said, it's very high. I'm ADHD. So I can't really sit very long. Uh, So I prefer to listen for that reason, but I would probably be more engaged too on a video. So I I think it's because it's skewing younger that 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 makes sense to me on who they're catering to. I don't think that's true across the board.
0: Yeah. I think it's probably, like, like you said, I think it's an age demo. Um, type I believe of thing so. Too. Yeah. Right. Right. So people, the younger generation, I, I think, has grown up being much more visually stimulated, right? Um, Absolutely. And so the, the audio side is a little bit old school. That's probably what happened. How the, um, the older and then audio becomes <laughs>
1: king as you grow up because you have kids, you have a job, right? You're busy. Right. So, what are you doing? You're listening to your car because who has time to watch everything?
0: <laughs> right. And then, uh, this survey also talks about ads, too. It says, it oh, talks about ads. It says 58% of listeners that consume podcasts on YouTube r- report that the advertisements in the content feel disruptive. Um mm. and, and then forty two percent say they don't mind so that's going to drive the business model um of premium o- over at YouTube it's correct <laughs> so that's the other part of it too is is that the content creators I th- I think we are shifting a little bit more towards a subscription kind of ideology though though that's difficult in a market like this because you would think that in a down economy people would unsubscribe right from, you know.
1: It's interesting paid, paid too. Balls. I right. think people, people have been getting podcasts for free for so long that right. I think it's hard for them to go, well, I don't want to pay for it. Um, but at the same yeah. time, you gotta we gotta pay for creators. So mm-hmm. yeah. that's another reason why I made it seven bucks a month for our network. I didn't want mm-hmm. it to be more than like a cup of coffee. And But if you can't afford it, dear God, we have a free version for you. Um, (laughs) Please support the advertisers when you can. So, um, yeah, this is interesting. Um, That's interesting. 58% feel disruptive. Well, you're getting the content for free, so my attitude is kind of too bad. I don't complain about that.
0: Well, that's kind of – isn't that the kind of – The point of advertising is it's supposed to be disruptive.
1: Right. Um, It's supposed to be disruptive. Well, it also sounds to me then maybe they should find a different way of how to insert the ads. Maybe they should have a better way of marking where to put them or something along those lines.
0: I agree 100%. And I think that the podcasting industry has done a pretty good job of that. Um,
1: I believe we did. Some have not. Because you know, like I said, we were talking earlier about dynamic ad insertion, and there's some people that do like ten ads at the top of their episode, and then interrupt you with a zillion ads. And to me, I'm like, you know, I can just listen to a radio show or watch TV if I want that.
0: Yeah, and the next one over on the right of the screen there, it's it's uh, 55 percent of uh, listeners uh, occasionally skip the ads, and 33 percent always skip the ads, and only 12 percent never skip. So. That's that's an interesting metric too on the performance of a of yeah, a but YouTube
1: ad ads are cheaper, right? I mean, well, what are and, their CPMS? I haven't I haven't shopped well, them that, in a long time.
0: Yeah, that and they they play they require you have to watch a certain percentage of the ad before you can skip it, though. Correct. So so and if that's if put, people
1: allow you to skip them. It depends on what you it mark. Depends on when the you campaign. Yeah. Right.
0: Yeah. Right. Totally. And it says 70% of listeners report sometimes visiting the website for, you know, that was driven by an ad, I guess.
1: Well, that's pretty good. I have to tell you, that's, that's, a, that's a high a response. Numbers. Right. Yeah. Because, you know, um, it's not as good as my numbers, but it's good.
0: Oh, you're you're way above that, huh? That's way awesome. above
1: that. Well, on our host Red ads, because we actually pull our audience once a year. We, Because you know, unlike Google and Facebook, where they're just aggregating your information and using it against you, we actually ask our audience for their feedback. One time a year, we get about 10,000 responses in three to four weeks. And I'm happy to say that 85% of those that did our survey made a purchase based on an the ad they heard from us. So I think we have a higher rate going to websites and checking it out. Yeah, so awesome. seeing 70% went and visited, I'm kind of curious about the conversion rates though, and actually yeah. made a purchase.
0: Well, it looks like Veritonic uh, answered my, my question because this this slide shows a ah. breakdown of where people are consuming podcasts on Wow, YouTube.
1: mobile's it's low. I expect it to be higher.
0: 46% on on mobile. It says 39% on a computer. Uh, okay, 15% then this means their TVs. audience
1: must be older than I'm thinking they are. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Because I have to tell you, ours has pivoted. I would say it's no longer on my kit, but we are probably about 70% mobile or 75% mobile. Consumption wow. now, so okay. um, this is interesting to see. Wow.
0: Yeah, but what's the what's the distribution percentage between the audio uh, listenership side and the video listenership?
1: Oh, side? that that depends by show. We actually it take does. a look at by show. So, like Twit, for instance, it used to be about ninety percent audio and ten percent video. It's gone to twenty percent video, eighty percent audio. And for a two and a half three hour long show, that's a pretty good percentage. Yeah. Um, Security now is about the same. That used to be almost all audio. Um, I'm just looking through our percentages here. Um, Mac break weekly has grown in video. Our video has grown tremendously over the last couple of years. So I'm not surprised in, in see- but, but I am surprised to see that 40% is being consumed on a computer. I'd like to know what is this based on?
0: Oh, as far as the, um,
1: the analysis, how, how are they able to know that they watched it on a computer, a TV or a phone?
0: Uh, It says that the source of this um, June 2023 data based on an analysis of online survey responses conducted by Veritonic of 300-plus individuals in the U.S. That's it? I had
1: 10,000 responses, and they aggregated this entire analysis based on 300 individuals?
0: That's a pretty small sample size. Okay,
1: now when you scroll back up to the listenership where it says that um what was it right there 39% on a computer yeah. old people take surveys i mean older <laughs> people i shouldn't say old i'm just sorry i'm old older people will do a survey so they're not getting anybody like in my son's generation answering that so i think now that i see only 300 people took this survey i'd say this yeah. is heavily skewed and you're not getting a decent sample size yeah they really yeah. got to get more
0: I think they've got to get probably over over a couple thousand at least before they can really have a...
1: I think they need to probably do some paid search and say, hey, we want people in every age group demographics to do this study. Because now that I see only 300 people based on a survey in one month, this isn't a big enough sample size.
0: Well, and also... If you look at the number here, it says near even split on consumption of podcasts between the YouTube app and an internet browser. Now, granted, interesting. Granted, a lot of people probably use an internet browser even on their phone. So, but it's just a matter of um, that. That's interesting.
1: That 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 to me also says this is a not. It's an
0: older generation. It's an
1: older generation doing this because every my son's twenty and all his friends listen watch YouTube. They all have the app. Some of them do premium, some of them don't. Um, I think it de- depends on if they can afford it or not. Yeah. So yeah. And it
0: says here sixty percent of podcast listeners say that they will sometimes look up a podcast episode on. Well, on that's YouTube.
1: great. Yeah. I just wish the sample size were bigger.
0: And I'm not sure that all the podcasts are on YouTube, so you know they're not really taking into account what the percentage of people that are actually finding the show that they're looking for too. So that's
1: yeah, correct. That's, that's correct. That's interesting. Yeah, that's
0: another piece of this uh, as well. Um, and then, uh, let's see, I'm trying to think, wh- what else might we want to talk about? I mean, I know we're at the the one hour, two minute mark. Um, oh,
1: I'm good. I I pushed my one my one o'clock.
0: <laughs> oh, you <laughs> to did 1:30. Okay. Yeah,
1: I told her. I said, I'm sorry, I have to meet with someone really important today. So, um, she understood.
0: <laughs> so when it does appear that the. Uh, a youtube music is rolling out to other countries it it looks like uh canada brazil looks like so far i'm not sure why they picked those two countries specifically why brazil but um
1: no idea either but um, it does
0: appear to be rolling out that's more. great
1: well that's how that's a good way to get the music and the podcasts out there so why not
0: so how are you guys looking at the AI tools that are out there now are are, are you guys starting to adopt that technology into your 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 production workflows oh you bet
1: you bet i mean um i forgot which one we're using now we've we've tested so many different ai products because Typically, after we're done with a show, after the editor publishes shows, we, we will go through and we'll be like, hey, we really want this. We want to do a cut down here. So we would ask our editor to spend time cutting down and putting together something we can release on, you know, social media. So now um, with the birth of AI, and I'm not sure which platform we're using now. And I know Anthony would correct me because we we've, we've tested about five or six of these. So the reality is, is we are starting to use that and we're taking our entire show after it's done, our video show. We're entering it into AI software. We're producing TikToks, stories, Mm -hmm. shorts, wherever we want. And then we take a look at it and go like, which ones do we think are good? We might make a couple of edits to a few. And then we're using those in our social promotions and we're sending them out to the hosts on our network. So this is literally cut. We're probably saving, I would say, easily five to ten grand a month on editing time to cut down to make really cool things for social, but it's not perfect. So it'll make you 10 things, but you got to go through it and decide this one looks good. Or we want to make a couple edits or a couple of changes, but that is way easier than actually creating all these things. So the reality is we really love the AI tools. We're testing things. We're using one right now, and we don't know if it's one we're going to stick with very long. Uh, As new tools come out with better features, we'll probably be playing with those as well. Same thing with like transcripts. We used to have to pay a ton of money to have somebody transcribe our shows. We don't even have to do that anymore. It's all free. I'm not saying it's perfect, but you know, it's free at least gives you something. So I think as more and more tools come out, Everyone should be looking at AI tools, especially if you're a solo podcaster and you can afford these tools. Are not that expensive if you're doing one podcast. You can right. you can have a tool that can help you succeed in doing some promotion around your podcast.
0: So, are you guys uh, looking at uh, creating more episode art, or have you guys always been creating creating some episode art because of the the, the announcement that Apple is going to be finally embracing their? our episode art tag.
1: Yeah, so. we've always done that. We've always paid attention to our episode okay. artwork where we're very careful about going through and picking what we think would be mm-hmm. uh, something that would people would be interested in. That is something we've done for years. And I would highly recommend that for everyone because sometimes people, when they're scrolling through and they're only looking at the artwork, if you have like the worst picture or no idea, people are going to be like, keep going. But if there's something that's really interesting or unique or original to that episode, always put that in there. I think the artwork for our club event was Leo's feet upside down. Like who wouldn't (laughs) click that? So yeah, you should really be paying attention to your episode artwork.
0: Yeah. And I think we're seeing more AI tools that are coming out that are increasingly getting better at being able to generate episode art too. And absolutely. I think we may see kind of a, kind of a revolution happen there around um, that type of Um, graphics and podcasting because you know i know bing has an image creator it's an ai powered um, way to to generate thumbnails like that correct Um, you
1: can also do that um we we mostly do like we find something really cool that happened in the episode and that's what we capture for the artwork to put out so sometimes it'd be nice if the ai
0: knew the transcript right and could auto generate that episode art based on the content right right so it would be cool that, that it had that it's currently doesn't do a very good job of adding um, text to, to an image. It does a great no. job.
1: Of yeah. I saw, I saw a it. couple of misspelled right. things on text and stuff, but we're like, you know what? It's new. So I'm I, sure they'll like get I, it right after a while. Yeah. Right. We we're on our, I think we're on our fifth software that we're, we're mm-hmm. playing with and um, and we're, we're using this month to month for right now. And then we're not signing an annual contract because tomorrow something else might crop up. That's better.
0: So
1: yeah. So it's just, you know, I I think this, it's been a really interesting ride so far in this industry. And I mean, just in tech in itself, I mean, who would have ever thought we would have had EVs that are self-driving by now? I mean, I thought I would have my (laughs) flying car before now, but you know, over the life of the 20 years of podcasting, we've gone from this RSS feed to, you know, as I mentioned earlier, I have I work with a lot of young people. I work with a lot of young CMOs and I'm on a lot of, you know, sales and marketing podcasts and people are like, how many pods do you listen to? And Leo was like rolling his eyes at me. He goes, oh, it's a podcast. Why are they calling them pods? And I'm like, what? I don't know. So, so to me, it's like, I don't, are, are we going to even be called podcasts later? I mean, between videos on YouTube, we've got influencers, there's TikToks. I'm not even sure what we're going to be called in the next 10 years. So <laughs> it'll be interesting to see how that evolves.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I agree. It is gonna be interesting to see. Yeah, I don't know if you've seen the the image of the of the flying car, but um I've got a it may be difficult to see it because the image is so small, but um here I can share it really quick. But it, it flies, yeah, I don't know if you've seen this or not, but it I guess it sells for like uh like like a hundred thousand dollars or something like that.
1: They have one finally?
0: Yeah, let's oh all right, here's here it is.
1: How high does it go? Um it
0: goes it goes pretty uh I mean it
1: Oh and it it can drive on the road.
0: Yeah, yeah, it does both. So it 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 lands and then it will how does the
1: FAA feel about this? (laughs) I mean they don't they have rules, don't they have some things that uh Oh, they have a certification from the FAA. Yeah. Wow. So I want one.
0: This thing is coming. Yes. Yeah, so, so, so it actually flies kind of, kind of vertical like this, and the actual uh, passenger compartment kind of rotates.
1: Oh, that's so, weird. So, did you did you get a ride in this thing?
0: No, I haven't got a ride in it. But,
1: oh, I'm so jealous. I'm but, gonna try it.
0: But a flying car is is coming. So yay!
1: I well, I just want to be in one before. I mean. I, I, I always thought I would have had a flying car by the time I hit 30. So I'd like to be in one before I die. <laughs> Let's see if we can actually get one going. Yeah, yeah I, I think, think it- I think we got to just, you know, we got to decarbonize transportation in the grid. And, you know, we have to do a lot for this planet if humans want to survive on it. So that'll be cool to see what happens next with flying cars. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, there's been all these new concepts of of, of flying cars that have been rummaging around but i guess this one that i just showed you is really really the first one
1: well that'll be great uh, it's really gonna happen okay this i want to (laughs) see
0: yeah and i can't uh say new i was trying to find it really quick just so i could share it here
1: oh no i like this this is great
0: video but it's not coming up hmm all right well it's not cooperating on my easy easy path okay here's one here Okay. It's a actually, it's a video. So maybe I can do that quick here. You can see it fly.
1: That would be cool. But I want to be in it. So
0: I do. Yeah. I mean, when when it's
1: safe. And and I don't want Elon Musk to make it. So this hopefully isn't backed by him.
0: Right. It's actually playing an ad right now. So I'm going to wait till the ad is over. (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah that's funny because you know in in being in this business i don't skip ads i don't have ad blockers i don't i'm in that 12 percent that never skips anything because that's what we do so. yeah
0: okay so here's here's the there it is so it's um yeah so it 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 takes off r- r- vertically, and it's got a flight range of about 110 miles.
1: Wow, that's so cool! How how high can it go?
0: I'm not sure. It doesn't say. Oh, say it costs three hundred three hundred thousand so, dollars. So that's how it flies.
1: <laughs> yeah, I was going to say when you said 100 thousand, I thought, wow, that's, that's actually cheap. like a really expensive car price, but. Right. Yeah, I was gonna say it has to be more. That's crazy. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm interested. Yeah, I will go test drive one.
0: Yeah, they the, probably it's, charge you. Yeah, I want to start a new show. It's the, it's the new flying car show. That's, that, that's what I should do.
1: You know, I just think technology is getting more and more interesting. I mean, I actually am a fan of AI, but I'm also a little concerned with some of the deep fakes and. You know, I don't want nuclear, a nuclear war to happen because people are faking presidents and things like that. So I'm a little worried yeah. about the yeah. the dark side of human nature in AI, but um, I just wish people would be more positive about it and find useful tools to use it for instead of, you know, focusing on all the horrible things it can do. So it'll yeah. be interesting to see what happens when flying cars actually come out, but they're going to have to probably like regulate it. Oh, my gosh. Can you just see some States banning it? You can't have a flying car in Kentucky, but you can in California. I can just see that already happening.
0: Yeah. And then the whole autonomous driving thing is that's probably coming at the same time too, but $1,000, Yeah, I think it's got to come down in price a little bit before.
1: Oh, oh, all the rich people buy it, but yeah, it's not going (laughs) to, it's not even going to be on my radar probably ever. Yeah. Right. right. (laughs) Oh, that's so funny.
0: Well, I'm, I've I, I kind of came to the end of uh, my topics that I want to talk about, but Excellent. I mean, is there anything else? Your your observations of 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 the industry and any changes? I know that you're uh, speaking at Podcast Movement coming up.
1: Yes, I and, am,
0: and I think I actually had your session.
1: Yeah, it's on- going to be on Tuesday. Um, I believe at five p.m. I I knew it was getting scheduled and, and my salesperson that's going with me said it is scheduled. So I'm going to be joining, um, Jen from memberful because she is who I worked with to help launch, you Mm -hmm. know, our, um, our club, And it's been a wonderful experience. And I've always told her, I said, hey, if you ever want me to help you talk about what you guys have done for us, I'd be happy to. So she was able to secure a panel at Podcast Movement. I'm going to be there to talk about what we've done and you know, why we, we did why the choices we did, you know, in, when we launched our club, but I think, you know, there's so many opportunities out there for people. If they're not able to find the advertisers to support them, cause I have Mm -hmm. to be honest with you this year, gosh, I thought 2020 was bad. I was like, okay. I survived a pandemic. I can do anything. Then the start of this year, it was like advertising went completely away and it's like, Oh, thank God we started a club, you know? <laughs> but, um, but I feel like I'm dealing with a whole new set of challenges. So this is a really great opportunity to have a small community that, you know, you can build your, your, um, you know, your podcast around mm-hmm. and, and it's just one other way that you can have, you know, your your podcast supports you mm-hmm. and you be able to do the content you want if you're unable to secure the advertising you need. And some people yeah. aren't good at ad reads or they don't want to do dynamic ad insertion or they don't want to overwhelm their audience with anything. So, this is a really great opportunity and you don't even have to charge a lot. This could be a side thing for you. Yeah. You know, it could be just like, oh, I want this because then I could have some private things. We can have a Discord to chat mm-hmm. in and things along those lines. So, for me, I think this is a really great strategy for podcasts podcasters who really don't want to do advertising or struggling it's another opportunity for them to really have a really tight-knit community Mm -hmm. um and i did start this in the in the um you know when the pandemic hit because it was a really great place for people to hang out some people didn't have anywhere to go especially some geeks that are like oh i like to be alone but not this alone so for us it was really a great way to allow like-minded people to hang out so i'm super excited about it i think It'll be an interesting, you know, podcast movement this year. There's not a lot of big marquee speakers. Right, um, I noticed
0: w- that too. Which yeah. was
1: odd for me cuz I've offered Leo for free several times to them. I didn't this year. But mm-hmm. I have in the past, like, I don't know, we're set, we're set. And I'm like, really? Because I haven't seen a lot of big marquee people. But, you right. know, it'll be interesting to see. For me, it's really more of a networking opportunity, a great True. time for me to meet with my partners. And hopefully I can help some other podcasters going into this business find different ways to do things. So for me, going, it's it's really more for networking. But for people mm-hmm. that are young and trying to figure out what they're doing in the podcasting space, I think it's a smart place for them to be, to see all the different opportunities that are out there. Mm-hmm. You know, There's so many different things that are out there. And as I mentioned to you earlier, I think the rise of the B2B creator, like we were talking about at VidCon, because people, you know, some people are like, I really want to promote my business. I don't know how to do this. How do I do this? They may want to hire an influencer or they may want to get some media training and doing their own podcast. So it's a really great place for people to come and figure out how they want to get their content out there. And this may be one avenue that they can can take. So yes, I'm definitely speaking there. And- Let's see what else to do. Oh, and if you ever need to find a great place to advertise with, come to us. Come to twit.tv. I have a great sales team. And here's the good news. We won't sign you if we don't think we can do something with you, which is not what anyone says. Everyone else says, what's your budget? When do you want to start? We're not that. So, yeah, reach out to me if you think you want to chat Mm -hmm. with us about, um, you know, being on our network.
0: Yeah. So your session at Podcast Movement, it's called It Pays to Podcast" And it's on Tuesday, August 22nd uh, yes. at f- 5 p.m. to 5.30. So and it looks like you're up on stage with uh, a member. Ooh, Jen I'm on stage. Member, <laughs> member
1: yeah, Jen's Jen's fantastic. I didn't realize we were on right. a stage. I thought we were doing a panel, but great.
0: Well, oh, it's great. on well, – what's a panel that's on? on,
1: on oh, stage. it must be on right. a stage panel. I'm used to panels just being, you know – Part of the table on the ground with everybody else.
0: Right. Uh, (laughs) They're always elevated. He said so.
1: Oh, they're always elevated. Okay. Yes. Well, I've I've elevated
0: up in the air, up in the nosebleed section.
1: Oh, there we go. So we get to look down on all the people. No, I'm kidding. (laughs) No. So, yeah, I I would recommend if you're there, please come check us out. And, you know, if you have any questions, be sure, you know, I believe they do Q&A after this. So, you know, ask questions. We'll help you out in any capacity that we can.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, Lisa, it's been fantastic to have you on on the show. So any, any viewer of this that may want to reach out to you, what's the best way for, for a a viewer of the show to, to get hold of you?
1: Easiest is Lisa at twit.tv. And, um, you know, no one reads my emails, but me. So if you reach out, be happy to help you out in any capacity I can.
0: I know you've always been a great, uh, resource in the medium. Uh, and it's, It's great to have you on the show. So,
1: well, I appreciate being here. My whole attitude is I got here today from people helping me. So I've always, you know, people are like, Oh, do I have to pay you for a quick, you know, consult? I'm like, no, I mean, I, if I have something that can help someone else grow. That's amazing. So I'm I'm always willing to share my thoughts or help somebody, you know, with anything in podcasting, if I can. You know, right. sometimes I don't know right. the answer. So well, the there's only
0: so is much time in the day, right? Yeah. So, if I can't help yeah. you or I'm
1: not really sure, I might I'll try to point in the right direction. And if I can help mm-hmm. you, then then great. You know, take it and help somebody else is my attitude.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Oh, right. it's well, great to
1: be here, Rob. Thank you for having yeah, well, me. Well,
0: thank you for having me and and thank you for, for, for for tuning in today and listening to this show, it, it, this is a audio and video podcast, so this will go out in our RSS feed out to Apple Podcasts, so you can catch it over there if you just want to listen, or you can watch on replay on a bunch of different platforms on LinkedIn, on YouTube, and, plug and YouTube, YouTube, right on YouTube, <laughs> and, and even Facebook uh, and Twitter too. So you can get it all on those platforms, but uh, definitely go subscribe and I'm sure Todd will be back next week. And this show will actually uh, be live on stage at podcast movement again on, um, on August 23rd. And I'm, I'm planning on trying to stream it live, but I'm also going to be using a uh, new video camera that will record the session. It's a 360 degree camera. Um, Oh, those are
1: fun. Have you done that yet?
0: Yeah. Yeah. I have one here that I, You should play
1: with it quite a bit before you you do that because it's a challenge to edit and post, just so you know. (laughs)
0: Well, yeah. So it actually comes with a lot of the it's the Insta three sixty um, X three. I don't know. Yeah. If you're, we we, you're we use that, that in
1: one. Rome. So yeah, we just oh, found you did. it. Yeah, you've got to just play with the editing. The editing's a yeah. little challenging, which is why you're not seeing them all because that was Leo's thing. <laughs> um so we haven't exactly posted them all, but it's so cool. They're so fun to use. Oh, it so is. I'm glad you're yeah. using that.
0: Yeah. So playing around with that, seeing what, what can be done. And if I can record the whole session, um, with that camera, that means that anybody that watches the video can, <clears throat> can scroll and see the audience.
1: <laughs> so I know I was going to say, maybe you'll see me uh, if I'm not in a meeting, I'll be there.
0: <laughs> right. Right. So, so anyway, well, thanks. Thanks, Lisa. I appreciate everybody joining us today. I'm going to sign off on the, uh, on the show, but, Beautiful. uh, thank you so much.
1: Bye everyone.
0: Bye.